The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape, the greatest podcast ever invented in the history of the world. You can hear this show on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network, Bleeding Green Nation, Big Blue View, Hogshaven, all four sites for NFC East teams across SB Nation. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog of the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gunn from BGN. Brandon, congratulations, your Los Angeles Rams. They did it. Your favorite head coach, Sean McVay, he won the Super Bowl. Uh, RJ, we don't have time for the shenanigans today because a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. We have a meeting at one o'clock Eastern is currently 1215 Eastern. So uh, I can't even address that other than I will say that Sean McVay is one of the worst head coaches and biggest cowards to ever win the Super Bowl. Uh, peek behind the curtain. It is Tuesday, February 15th. This show goes out on Wednesdays, uh, again, on all four podcast networks. You can also watch it on both the Blog and the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channels. We saw the comments from the Eagles fans uh, understand the the algorithm issues associated with the Internet. You know, that's that's what the meeting's about that we're going to, Brandon, is uh, the algorithms of the Internet. Uh, so you can now watch this uh, as well on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel if you are subscribed there. Go subscribe there. Subscribe to Blog and the Boys. Subscribe to all these things. Visit all these sites help us out you know we we like to talk about this stuff and we appreciate you coming along for the ride um a bit of a shorter episode because we tend to be a little bit long-winded brandon uh but a powerful episode nonetheless you wanted to steal something that i did you basically said rj you had a brilliant idea on monday football monday one of the shows that i co-host on the sb nation nfl show where people should also subscribe and listen you can hear uh, blg and i there multiple uh, times throughout the week you said rj man you just dominated you're so creative you got all these you know wonderful ideas oozing out of that big powerful brain of yours we should use that on the nfc's mixtape that's exactly what you said is it not uh i actually wanted to improve upon it because it wasn't that great so i thought we could make it better and obviously me being involved would do that so that's kind of more of what i was thinking here uh there's a quote about uh you know stealing like art, like what's it imitation or whatever uh, i'm looking for the quote i can't find it oh imitation good artist is the most sincere form of flattery is the quote that, that's not it actually i was looking for good artist copy great artist steal uh and i think that gets attributed to steve jobs but i'm going to steal the quote and say actually i came up with that and then make myself a great artist the true uh michael scott wayne gretzky quote in quotation marks um interesting um okay so let's you know we can just go ahead and and steal the idea do the idea 
you know, however you want to put it. Uh, the idea, here's the idea. So the Super Bowl is over now. Super Bowl was on Sunday in case anybody somehow missed it. So what does that mean? The Super Bowl being over means what for the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, and Washington Commanders? Yes, it still feels so stupid. Um, so Brandon and I each have something for each team. Uh, so Brandon, since this was your idea, because it was my idea, do you want to go first? You get to pick whatever team you want to go with. The Super Bowl being over means what, for who, pick a team, go. Okay, so I'm going to do this in my list as I have it ordered here. Uh, the Super Bowl being over means that the Eagles hunt for a new starting quarterback has begun. And RJ, I don't know if you've seen it, but there have been rumors circulating out there. It started last week oh, no. when oh, no. Albert Breer in a mailbag post for Sports Illustrated had been asked a question about what's going to happen with Russell Wilson and his future. And Albert Breer, interestingly enough, said that he was pegging Russell Wilson for New Orleans, but he believes the Sean Payton being gone factor has changed things. And now he is penciling Russell Wilson into Philadelphia instead. So I thought that was interesting. And then yesterday, meaning Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, happy belated Valentine's Day to you, RJ. You had a good Instagram post, a little little plug to your, your IG right there. Um, at RJ Ochoa, at Brandon Gotten, both of us. Yes. You know, follow us, see our, see our photos, check us out, whatever. Yeah. And you can see the picture. I'm not going to tell people what it is because I'll, I'll give them the uh, incentive to go check it out. Um, but Albert Breer also said the Eagles are among teams, quote, ready to take a major swing, end quote, at the quarterback position and also in that group was the commanders and the panthers and the broncos all teams that those other teams i think clearly a lot of people would think clearly need quarterbacks more than the eagles do since a lot of people think the eagles can stick with jalen hurts but i do not think the eagles especially after watching the rams have success with matt stafford and i'm not saying the situations are the same but also the importance of the position being emphasized with joe burrow and how able to, he was you know how able the, the bengals how far the Bengals were able to go, having a tough time getting through this with him. Um, I just don't think they're settling for Jalen Hurts. I do think they're looking for an upgrade. I like this one. Uh, to be clear, this is Brandon's, this is what it means for the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> you, did, you didn't specify, just to be clear. I mean, you know, so everybody knows. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And, and to be clear here, so the hunt beginning doesn't mean that the, the yield happens this offseason. Right. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just because the hunt has begun, like, I, I do feel like while it might not feel this way for Eagles fans, I feel like the organization has to feel so much better about the quarterback position than they did a year ago. Because if you rewind the clock a year, it's what are we going to do about Carson? Who's going to take him? I, I find it amazing to, to think that the, the Colts paid for Carson Wentz and that they might there was the report over the weekend that they might cut him um he, you know he might go to Tampa I mean who knows I I would be truly just I would honestly be impressed if Carson Wentz got another starting job like another unquestioned starting job in the NFL it would be very uh very Chase Daniel from a financial perspective level of impressiveness like how do you keep convincing people that you should be a starting quarterback in this league and so I would love it if he somehow some way was on the Jaguars. That would just be oh, that's not like Chef's kiss. I mean, it, I mean, that's look, if I'm, a, if I'm allowed to dream, I mean, that's that's what I really want. Doug Peterson um, does not want Carson Wentz. Back. I know, but I <laughs> see. Like, I also don't want the Colts to get rid of him because I I want to see the Jaguars stunt on him. Like, I want to see him throw five picks against the Jaguars just just to have Doug Peterson kind of have that moment. But but anyway, um, so while you don't have a franchise quarterback because you don't, I know there's the Jalen stands, but 
you I think you've again the season was was what you needed from him you got to go to the playoffs you got to have some fun got to you know cool whatever we got blown out by the Bucks but you identified that he's not the guy like that that's what it is but at the same time and this segues me into my this is what it means for the Philadelphia Eagles Jalen Hurts played moderately well we're willing to say that is that as far as we're willing to go moderately well somewhat well kind of well so in that sense Jalen Hurts' stock is as high as it will ever be. That's my, this is what it means for the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you're Howie Roseman, you want to be the master trader. I do think he's very good at that. I know you love to bag. You hate everybody. You hate Jalen. You hate Howie. You just, I don't know why. I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, why do you even cover the Eagles? If, if you hate them so much, go find another team, you know, whatever. But um, trade him now. Like, like if you're gonna, like, he's not the guy. Like, like, and I don't mean that like, in a he's not the guy way, but he's not the guy. And so move on from him, get something like get some return on your investment because it's not going to be with Jalen as a player. And we know the Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl this season. I'm sorry, this coming season, that is. And so if you are truly in building, rebuild, you know, ground up, ground zero mode, I mean, Jalen Hurts doesn't need to be a part of that. Like, we don't need to see another year of this to know that Nick Sirianni can develop an attack that can run the ball. Get somebody else, figure something out. Let Gardner Minshew have that season. I mean, I think that would be more prosperous for the overall cause. I don't think we're going to learn as much about Jalen Hurts as people seem to think we will, like his biggest defenders. Like, I just, I think it's going to be pretty similar to this year, which is fine if you want to make the playoffs like be nine and eight like that kind of like just make the playoffs as a wild card team that kind of ceiling that kind of upside but i don't think you're doing much more than that um i do think it's an interesting concept when you think of maybe the seahawks being trade partners with the eagles when jalen hurts is involved because jalen hurts has shown he can be effective in a very run heavy offense and what does pete carroll want to do up there in seattle so i think that's the kind of quarterback they would like now I kind of find it weird to reconcile that Russ could be on the move with Pete still being there because it feels like, you know, why is he going to be on board with a, B- a BLG, you know, go birds, go, 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 go birds, <laughs> go birds, team. baby. With go the birds. Like taking a step back and getting, you know, worse, quite frankly, a quarterback, but I don't know, maybe the decision isn't fully up to him. And maybe the ownership looks at the prospect of picks and thinks that hurts has enough potential and that outweighs it all. And, and maybe Russ just wants out anyway. So they just have to, get what they can for him um but yeah i think i think it's a fair point that you're making i do like and and just to i want to clarify or i want to ask you like do you think it's as high as it will ever be in the nfl or just with the eagles in the nfl period. okay wow um by the way on the subject of russell wilson he did speak with our friend rob stats guerrera on the espionation nfl show last week you can listen to that on the espionation nfl podcast feed or you can watch it on the espionation nfl youtube channel if you're watching this i needed the blog on the boys or bleeding green nation youtube channels i spoke with aaron andrews and dick butkus and michael Gow- up on the blog and the boys youtube channel if you want to check those out as well super bowl radio row offers a lot of fun opportunities but um i i don't know man i mean like i've kind of come around on the idea of rust to philly like being probable or being mm. likely at least it felt impossible to me for a long time but like in my mind when i closed my eyes and let's be clear i've been complimented on this russell impression so it's like i really want to like lean into it because i know i'm good at it uh, but get a whole season's worth of it that's what i'm saying like yeah. c- couldn't you just see him like you know, during during the like press conference, like sitting next to Sirianni and Roseman, just being like, you, you know, I, I was watching a documentary and 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 they say the eagle is the only bird that can achieve a higher altitude than a seahawk, and <laughs> and so that's what I feel like I'm here to do. You know, oh I gosh. I know how to I know how to win a championship. I know I know how to build a pedigree. I I know all about that. I'm here to grind, and you know, I 
how we, we we were talking before we came up on stage. I mean, you that 2012 draft. I mean, it it, it almost happened. And so it, the the time is now, baby. Go birds, it, it, go go birds, go hawks. I mean, guys, it's a new thing. We're, we're birds. We're green. It's all good. You know, let's let's go. The you last can see thing, it. <laughs> the last thing I'll say in this um, is that, and I've said this on BGN Radio, but I want to get your take on it real quick, or you know, correct me if I, it sounds wrong. When the Eagles made that trade last year, not only the Carson Wentz trade, which was obviously about getting rid of him in part, but getting that pick, and then the the bigger trade really to move down from six to twelve, like they did, like and they then didn't up to do 10, that. They paid the Cowboys to let the Cowboys draft Michael Parsons. That needs yeah, to be but, said forever. But to get the Miami first round pick is what I'm saying. Like they didn't just do that to get. They didn't. The, the goal wasn't just to like get three first round picks to get like three defenders. Like if you think that, I just think you're like you're just wrong. That doesn't mean it won't happen. But that was. Clearly not the thinking. The thinking in mind was to get the quarterback. And again, that doesn't mean the Eagles hunt, as you said, will end up with that guy. But like that was the intended purpose. So if you don't think they're going to if you think they're not going to try, I just I don't think you're paying attention. I also think that on the subject of SB Nation NFL show interviews last year, you will recall, Brandon, in the Radio Row process, I interviewed Devontae Smith. And I remember talking to you before that because there was a lot of chatter about him potentially winding up with the Eagles when Philadelphia still had the sixth overall pick. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that that is like still kind of slept on, that he was like the target at six. And you tell me, but maybe there was this like acceptance of, oh man, you know, now he missed out on Devontae when they traded back from six to 12. And so to still land him, even though you had to trade up to 10, I mean, kind of worked out. And the Devontae pick is even more of like a scream in your face thing that like, this wasn't about defense. Like there's clearly like this setting up of the offense with hopefully this top wide receiver because Jalen Rager is clearly not it, um, you know, for, for the future to come in and, and have an easier path. At least. You know, you know what the pick the Eagles gave up uh, to, to trade up with the Cowboys. It was from the Carson Wentz trade, the third mm-hmm. round pick that they got from the Colts. So there you go. Everything is connected. Okay. So um, the Philadelphia Eagles got to go first on this episode, uh, which kind of breaks rules because you have to be in the lead in the NFCs to go first. Like the Dallas Cowboys have been, the Dallas Cowboys won the NFCs in 2021. Just so everybody's fully clear. Uh, so that means we have to now segue to the Dallas Cowboys BLG. So the Super Bowl is over. What does that mean for the Dallas Cowboys this week at blogging the boys has been a lot of interesting introspection a lot of what's the problem what are we concerned about uh on tuesday that an episode of the 750 with bobby belt from 105 the fan filling in for tony casillas talked about questions that nobody is asking when it comes to the dallas cowboys because there's a lot of things that everybody's kind of circling around but but things that are a little bit more under the surface and so this kind of goes without saying but the super bowl is over uh cements it as reality the clock is officially ticking on mike mccarthy and call it the sean payton clock if you want i actually feel like did you see the report, Brandon, that Sean Payton might – I think he spoke to Mike Flory about this, that he might call Mike McCarthy to kind of smooth things over with him because of everything that's been happening lately? Which is weird, yeah. Well, I actually – so, like, that I – mean, I don't know what don't Sean's worry, intentions are. Mike. I'm totally not going <laughs> to take your job in the future. Well, so, like, I actually am, like, super impressed with Sean by this because, like – some people will be like oh what a great guy like he you know like no that is purely sean getting even more in mike's head like that is you know totally sean was on the dan patrick show when he first retired and was talking about some uh game situation and then literally himself said now ask me about dallas at the end of the playoff game like this dude and in one weird way i sort of like am in love with this like like i am kind of in love with how aggressively he is attacking mike mccarthy's job and i love that he's just this like buzzard circling around the would-be dead body um and and in a way i think that like look i i have 
I wouldn't even say come around on McCarthy. Like I maintain all the things I said and believed in. They were true at the time, but there was just this collapse that that is impossible to defend and justify. And so I'm at a point now where, you know what? Fine, let's let's do this thing. And I wrote something last week that said Mike McCarthy uh, at the time, whether Kellen Moore was going to return or not, then the Dolphins ended up hiring Mike McDaniel. Mike McCarthy should call plays. I want to see it because I want to see this dude go down his way or go or or fly his way. I want to see it be fully, purely, absolutely in an unadulterated sense, Mike McCarthy, so that we can't be here a year from now and he say, you know what? I never had a chance to install or call my offense. I, I was saddled with Kellen Moore for the first three years. Now in 2023, when I'm calling the shots, it's going to be different. No, I want this to be Frank Sinatra style, McCarthy's way. And I, I think that if I was McCarthy, I would want that. And I'm actually unimpressed that he doesn't want that I, I mean I'm I'm unimpressed that he's not willing to say man my job my future in the NFL is on the line I need to take the reins here and he's just like content handing that off to Kellen Moore this dude who he's known for only two years that's just such an insane gamble to take so I like that the heat's getting turned up on him whether Sean Payton is the future head coach of the Cowboys or not but there's no question about it I thought the conversations a year ago about well if the Cowboys disappoint is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat I thought that was so stupid because of the way 2020 unfolded but all of that is fair let's turn the heat up let's sweat it all out we got to get in the sauna blg you and me let's do it okay we'll do that we'll, we'll find a time <laughs> um i thought you were gonna take you know the sean payton kind of angle so i didn't go that way with mine i do think there is something to what you're saying there about letting a guy like succeed or fail on his own that's what the eagles did with chip kelly in 2015 and i thought that was the right approach it obviously didn't work out but i like that they did that because it was crystal clear okay he failed he was in charge time to move on you know it there's no like there's no like mystery it's like oh well what if this happened no like it was all clear clear as day he had his chance it, he didn't succeed it was time to move on uh I, I think there's you know value in learning that kind of information um my thing for the cowboys is that an offseason without much juice begins like I, I don't think the Cowboys are in a spot where they can like change a whole lot and don't necessarily need to in some cases so that's not all bad um but uh over the cap did a off-season resources ranking recently I don't know if you saw this on yeah, the website did. okay well I'm sure you saw the Dallas Cowboys were 31st <laughs> they were the penultimate team in those rankings because they rank 30th in cap space and obviously they can clear some up with restructures Dak Prescott will be a big run big one in there but currently 30th in cap room they are 19th when it comes to draft capital so you know nothing special um they are 26 in free agent snaps in terms of like guys they can lose and we've talked about before especially right after the season ended like some of the key losses they could be facing um so I just and the, the exact quote from over the cap was not an ideal position for the disappointing Cowboys. Um, so I, I just don't think this offseason has a lot of juice outside of the Sean Payton factor. And even then that's like a year away, you know, so you're still like looking down the road. That's not like about 2022. And I just think even if like I'm wrong about this and the Cowboys make some big moves, it just like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter until they can finally prove they can get over the hunt. Like the excitement can only go so far because of how Mike McCarthy and how the ending to 2021 kind of put like or has this ceiling on the Cowboys. Like it has a kind of them capped out until they prove people wrong. The um the next year thing feels very much um 
like the the new Lord of the Rings show. It's like okay, like you know when they when you find out it's like oh it's not coming out for two years. You know it's like mm-hmm. well what good does this like do me to be excited about it? Like you know like if you've been waiting for Grand Theft Auto Six, it's like okay cool. Like what good does this teaser do me? Like you know I still have to wait forever. Like this doesn't help the the process feel any better whatsoever. Especially if you're offering me like no substance. Not like the we got the Lord of the Rings trailer during the Super Bowl, which again your boy Sean McVay won. Look um, bad by the way. But. I, I mean, I hope you're wrong. Um, I hope yeah. I'm wrong too, but it didn't look great. Have you read the books? You strike me as somebody who read the books. I did when I was young, so it's hard. Like, you know, right. we're talking about fourth, fifth grade. It's been forever. Right. Okay. I totally agree with you that this is a really, that's a the great word, a great word. The, it's a juiceless off season for the Cowboys. Like you're talking about though, like legitimate and substantial juice, like, you know, like capital and you know salary cap space and draft capital and things like that so the senior bowl was a few weeks ago at this point now do you know how many people covered jerry jones's like discussion there and this was something that bobby belt actually mentioned on the episode of 750 i talked about do you know how many people were there in the like scrum to cover jerry jones at the senior bowl i'll say like five two and one of them works for (laughs) dallascovers.com and like that's That's kind of it man like it's it's kind of like i do think we're at this point of like i People are so like whatever. Like like I, I, I think I speak for Cowboys fans, or at least a, a lot of Cowboys fans. Like th- this, my read on this is this is the most tapped out, apathetic, disinterested, depressed, mad, upset that people have been. And my my comp is honestly since forty four to six. Like there was nobody was in at all excited because the next year they didn't have a first round pick because they traded for Roy Williams. And so I mean like people are just like fed up. And I and I think like a lot of that is is being heaped at Jerry. You know I I know we talked about it then, but Jerry after the season ended jumped on the radio on one hundred five through the fan huffed and puffed and you know oh I'm so mad I would do anything to change this blah blah. blah. Well what'd you do? Like, like, <laughs> what, you didn't do a, a single thing. Like you hired Robert Prince. To be your wide receivers coach, who the Saints now uh, were interviewing for their offensive coordinator position, actually. But, like, you did nothing. Like, what What? What should we believe? Why should we believe that this is going to be any different when you are literally just going to run this whole thing back? Um, you know, I, I've talked about Super Bowl Radio Row. The, the triplets, namely Troy and Emmett, spent most of their appearances kind of dragging this team. Like, so now it's it's reached this point where, like, you know, the alma mater greats are fed up. And, like, you know, the 750 at, at Blog of the Boys is a show with Tony Casillas, who who won two Super Bowls with the Cowboys. And he he jokes all the time about how his rings, like, date him. You know, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't like to wear them because he doesn't want people to think he's old or whatever because of how long ago they were. I mean, the, the freaking Bengals just played in the Super Bowl, dude. I mean... So, yeah, I, I think they are one of the least interesting teams in the NFL this offseason. I think so. And I think even if you want to point as one of the most interesting things, like, okay, Cowboys first round pick, that's been interesting the past couple of years because we got Micah Parsons, got Des or not Des Bryant, CeeDee Lamb, sorry, the 88 in my mind. But see, like, to, to interrupt you, so Micah, fantastic, A+, plus, right? We both agree. Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb, one of the things Bobby and I talked about on that episode, this is a good episode to kind of, if you haven't yet, Cowboys fans, go back in your feet and listen. CeeDee Lamb's, kind of been a disappointment you know he hasn't lived up he he hasn't been lived up to the hype he's you know a year ago i would i fought tooth and nail that he was um better than justin jefferson because the argument was he didn't get a whole season of dak you know whatever but obviously you know this season gives us a lot more data so he's been i mean is he a bust no but he's he has not become the alpha that we expected maybe we're guilty of overhyping him but but he hasn't become that 2019 they didn't have a first round pick because they traded it for amari cooper worth a first shout out to the t-shirt um that you love uh 2018 leighton vanderesh who's gonna walk 
this offseason, 2017, when they drafted Taco Charlton over now Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. 2016, Zeke. I mean, you know, <laughs> like to like their their first round picks have not been like they're really popular names, but they mm-hmm. have not been the quality players that people think they are. Again, Micah aside. Yeah, and my point was with that, like you're 24th in the draft. So it's not like, you know, the most exciting position to be in as opposed to last year where you had 10 and then moved down to 12. There's a big jump there. The Cowboys actually have the worst possible pick you could have from any team that lost in the wild card um, at number 24. So, you know, just kind of that, that's, that takes away some of the juice again. It's a late first round pick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so who do we want to go to next? Uh, we have the Commanders, the Mighty Commanders, um, and the Giants. Where do you, you want to go first? I have a, a Commanders thing to get off my chest, by the way. All right, then why don't you start with that? Well, I just want to say, so I talked about last week with Stabby when he was here, how um, when I was in San Antonio, we had we were the home of the, the San Antonio Commanders. Or at, at the time, uh, Money has been San Antonio, what is now San Antonio Sports Star. And so I hosted the pre- and post-game show with my man, James Pledger, a great friend of mine. Um, Pledge and I, every pre- and post-game show, obviously prepped for the game, discussed the game afterwards. But on the pre-game show, BLG, every single San Antonio Commanders game, Pledge and I, we would do the pregame show for two hours. And at the very end, as we would throw it to Jason Minix, who was the play-by-play announcer, Pledge would say as the final words, he would say, let's ride. That was kind of his little catchphrase. And again, the AAF did not really last a long time, but he still did do it for every single game. On Mm -hmm. Sunday night, after the Super Bowl ended, the Washington Commander's official Twitter account tweeted like this poster that was like a... Uh, like inspired by the last dance like dude like it's a thing like the last dance was so long ago at this point like we don't need to keep you know creating content like get something new like i'm so sick of the like and i took that personally meme but anyway um but so they it was basically that poster and it was called like the first dance or something and the caption said let's ride they literally are stealing every single thing so shout out to james pledger they took your line uh my commander's thing is super vague and super ambiguous but that's kind of who they are they have to get it together <laughs> like that, that's that's what it is and dude like because and I, I actually think it makes sense because last year they, they've been in this funk right as the football team for two years and with Ron Rivera whatever like all that's gone like and I don't mean it's all gone they still have a lot of very serious issues plaguing the franchise but as far as the football team is concerned no longer pun intended it has to happen now. Like it has to, there, there's no more excuses. There's no more. Oh, Alex Smith. And, and, you know, we had Dwayne Haskins and everything like, no, you've had enough time. Ron Rivera, man. I just, they, they had Ron Rivera out on good morning football last week, like pushing the commander's name and wearing the letterman jacket was so silly to me, whatever, but this, it has to happen. Like if it's, if it's not going to happen now, you have to move on from Ron Rivera. I think he is also on the hot seat entering 2022. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of put up or shut up time. It's getting to that point for him. They have to do figure out something at quarterback, which pivots into my, uh, now that the Super Bowl is over, the countdown to Jimmy G or Carson Wentz in Washington has begun. 
And I think that's exactly the kind of quarterback who the commanders are going to have. They're not going to have someone who is, you know, it's not going to be Russell Wilson. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to get that marquee name. They can get someone who like has like fake accomplishments, <laughs> like Jimmy G in terms of his NFC championship game. Or Carson in terms of his Super Bowl win, because it was fake and it doesn't count. Right. Yeah. Uh and like and that's like going back to the Carson Wentz of it all, like he might get a starting job somewhere, but like it's gonna be with this kind of team. You know, it's not mm-hmm. gonna be somewhere like the Colts who have a good setup around him. It's gonna be somewhere who is so or some someone who's pretty yeah. desperate for a like starter. the Lions or the Panthers or something like that, right? Someone and yeah, you could easily be the Panthers quarterback too. Um, yeah, it, it's that kind of situation they're looking at. They they have to they can't obviously just stick with what they have. And I think you know relying on a rookie. Although I could kind of see Kenny Pickett end up there. Like I could easily envision that happening. Um, kind of just like the safe quarterback and maybe who that. But maybe it's both. Maybe they take him and maybe they also bring in Carson Wentz or or Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G might end up with the Steelers. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm weighing that in my mind because I could easily see them going after him. Um, but I think it's one of those two guys. So I think that's the countdown has begun to that. I've said this before. I really think I, I haven't tailored it this way. I think if Kirk Cousins had, if his first team had been anybody else, had been Detroit or Carolina or Chicago or Seattle or Pittsburgh or Tennessee or whatever, if his first team had been any non-Washington team. He would be the top option for the commanders this offseason. You know, it's it's like my point is it's only the personal history with him that is prohibiting them from going to get him, in my opinion. You're you're nodding for the podcast audience. So you you agree with that? Yeah, it's that kind of caliber quarterback, absolutely. Right. And so I I guess like the way I would word this, because I agree with you entirely, everything that they have done. Everything, football-related, because there's a lot of other terrible things. But everything that they have done has been, like, getting fake excited for. You know what I mean? Like, like it's almost like they have to convince themselves that it's cool. You know, because they're like, this commander's thing, it's a nod to history. You know, like, this, these uniforms are sick. They're ill. You know, like, every everything is such, like, fake, in, in, you know, like, energy. Like, it's not, you know, big loser energy. It's fake energy this is fe baby like the elemental symbol um what, what, what is, symbol is that for i don't know look at it iron right i think it is iron um iron sharpens iron. that's that they're the perfect team to be like iron you know they're gonna have like some sort of like off-season high video that's like iron sharpens iron the commanders carried cannons made out of iron in their their <laughs> battles and things like that is it iron have you looked it up i'm pretty sure it is well, are you going to look it up? What what's the what number is it on the periodic table? I would like to know too. I mean, I have no idea. Um, well, that's why you're looking it up. You have the power of the internet at your it fingertips. It is. It is. It is twenty six. Mm, shout out to Clinton Portis, former commander. Uh, <laughs> but uh, stretch. But yeah, I mean, like this is so. And like to your point, it's going to be like they're going to take total and complete like ownership of the loose accomplishments of either of these quarterbacks. It will be, I think a similar PR statement to when the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury and tried to like, you know, jump on all these other accomplishments. It'll be like, man, we got this dude. Like, and then it'll be, well, Jimmy Garoppolo has been to, you know, two NFC championship games. Dak Prescott hasn't been to any. How can you say that, that Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the division? How dare you put Dak Prescott on your all NFC East team on the NFC East mixtape? Cause of course, you know, he is the quarterback of the NFC East mixtape. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Carson would be, awesome like give me that theater i would love to see that so much i I, i'm gonna be so upset if he's not on the colts because i really 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 want to see him play the eagles at some point i'm pretty sure he is not going to be on the colts um 
but you know, he would make Washington so much more like easy to root against. Not that like they're like you're, no anyone's rooting for them right now, but they're kind of just like irrelevant. Like it's not they're not super hateable just because like I don't know. Like who do you really hate on Washington? Well, like to hate them, they have to be good. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like like there has to be yeah. there has to be like a, a back and forth. And so like they're just they're nothing. Like they're, they're like, you don't you don't no one hates Ron Rivera. Like because he's kind of likable like guy. You yeah, know, he's a cool dude. Field. Yeah. So like they don't really have someone that you you hate, and certainly not a quarterback. Like Taylor Heineke, you can't hate him. He's not but Jonathan like, Allen isn't popular these days. Um, sure. But right. like outside of him, and understandably so, to be clear. <laughs> but um, but outside of him, and you know, how, how much can you really hate like a defensive lineman? It's not like the biggest target. Like quarterback's an easy target, and Carson Wentz being on there, Jimmy G wouldn't be like Jimmy G is like you know he's handsome, he seems to be like fine or whatever from a leadership standpoint and everything. You would hate him as a as a rival by default, but like I think Carson Wentz is so much more unlikable and would be the perfect quarterback for rival fans. To that point. You know, their two best players are really not hateable. Like, Terry McLaurin's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no, like, hate or vitriol that we have for him. Mm-hmm. And Chase Young, like, there's just an acknowledgement that he's awesome, too. You know what right. I'm saying? So, that, who was the last player on their team that you, like, hated? D'Angelo I mean, Hall. That, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Because um, he was, like, a, he, he, was, he thought he was, like, so much better than he, right. than he really was. And, yeah. I went to the Cowboys Christmas Day game against the Eagles. I think we've talked about this before in 2006. Uh, when Jeff Garcia, who also is not popular these days, uh, led the Eagles to victory over the Cowboys. And the week before that, uh, the Cowboys played the Falcons on, I believe it was Thursday Night Football. Um, and um, and that was the T.O. spit in D'Angelo Hall game. And there was all this chatter that he was going to be suspended. And I was terrified that I wasn't going to get to see T.O. Uh, on Christmas Day. But thankfully, he got to play. Um, yeah. So Future podcast guests. That we're working on that hard, so everybody knows. Uh, we we really really want to make that happen. I can't think of one that I like hated. I just like I, I'm really, may, um, maybe Santana Moss. That might be my answer. Hmm. I just you know like because he was kind of like he was kind of a cowboy killer. You know, kind of had some moments. Maybe Deshaun Jackson when he first joined them. I I was yeah. not fond of RG three. I found that to be so annoying. That was not hmm. a fun time. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Like, and as I know you hate Kirk, but you never like hated him in this way. You know what I mean? Like you just, you hate his existence. You don't really hate him as a player. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the Sean McVay thing for me. It's just like, he's just so overrated and it's just incredible. And he's also just clearly a loser. Um. Okay. It's time to move on to the New York football giants who ruined our Brian Dable episode with Ed Valentine. Thank you giants for that. Um, are you ready for mine? Do you want to go first? I've gone first the last two. Like, how are you feeling here? Yeah, I'll go to first Giants? to close okay. it out. Uh, with the Super Bowl over, I think, and and the eyes turning to the NFL draft, I think you could make the argument the Giants control the draft. Everyone loves that each year. It's like, this team, the draft runs through them, or they control the draft. And I think when I say that, there's some basis because the Giants have the number five overall pick, which I believe is a prime trade-down spot right ahead of the Panthers who are clearly in the quarterback market. So if you're looking to get up, draft a quarterback and potentially the first one off the board, you might want to get to that number five spot. And obviously with the giants also owning already the number seven pick, it's such a no brainer move for them to trade or it's like really easy for them to do because they're already picking a couple spots later anyway. And 
um, you know, they're going to get a good haul. So I think like they really control the draft at the top because I think Jacksonville is locked in. I think Detroit is locked in. I think Houston might actually like Davis Mills, or I think they're going to stay. I, I think that Houston's a candidate to trade down too. Like I, they're, they are. They're in but, such a like now is not our priority space that they don't need that pick right now. You know? But I could see them sticking. It, it, it's it's not a definite that they move down. We'll see. I think the Jets stick um, because you know they have their quarterback. So I think the Giants could potentially be a trade down candidate. And you have to remember. Dave Gettleman actually did trade down last year for the first time and literally ever. Um, but you know, it's a new how can GM. I forget that that inspired a what if episode of the NFC's mixtape last year? How I don't think I forget? you forgot, but it's just kind of we're not used to I'm saying we're conditioned to the Giants not doing anything and not making these kind of moves, but I think they could. I think they might be realistic about where they are and know that they might need to trade down and, and get some more picks in part just because too to potentially have quarterback flexibility if they are sticking with Daniel Jones and they can't get their guy maybe they can trade down get a first in next year's draft and have that ability for next year so uh, I think you know with all eyes kind of turning to the draft obviously we have free agency coming up but you know a lot of big draft heads out there I think the Giants control the draft and I think that's where it turns to I like that um who have been the control the draft teams as of late I mean, because um, <clears throat> I think the take is going to become the NFC East controls the draft, but the Eagles draft okay. capital as well. Um, but you're right. I think the Giants have like a higher level stake of ownership. But, I but mean, they, like, yeah, they, they're kind of setting the board, though, like since they're at the top, like they can like really kind of influence how this goes and which team they might like want to make a deal with. And they're, they're right. OK with taking a quarterback. So, yeah, I think the Browns, um, what was the year they took? Was it O.J. Howard? Um, man, what? Well, not OJ Howard, uh, David Njoku. Yeah. Um, who else did they take that year? Um, man, my mind so is 18? 18. Well, that was um, 18 was Baker's year. Yeah, 18 yeah. was Baker. And then um, then they have another one of the top five because it went Baker, Darnold. No, not Darnold. Baker, Saquon. How can we forget Saquon? Um, Baker, Saquon. Then that was the Darnold draft and the Allen draft. Um I think that was the year. Um, I don't know if you're looking at the 2018 NFL draft right now, but it was it was Baker. And then at one point they had Njoku. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Njoku Jabril Peppers draft. No, okay. they traded for Jabril Peppers. I don't know. I'm so, I'm <laughs> no, so lost. Jabril Peppers. I'm so lost. That was it then. That was it. Because um, I remember the photo of David Njoku and Jabril Peppers together. Okay. So it really it doesn't matter. This is not the AFC North. The point is. If it were, we'd be lamenting the Bengals' uh, Super Bowl loss to to BLG's Sean McVay's Rams, you know. So, um, but anyway, um, okay. Are you pulling up that draft? Or are you ready for my? This is what it means for the draft. I'm ready for what your. This is what it means. But I was I was looking back at last year to like say who we could maybe say controls the draft. Um, maybe you could say the Bengals because everyone thought they were going to take Sewell and they ended up taking Chasen's. I don't know. I don't know what you would say, but there, I think there is that that pivot point where something mm -hmm. like something that wasn't chalk for all the mocks happens and the the bank i mean but even then there were a lot of mocks that had the Bengals taking jamar but it, it was this like fork in the road that created two different alternate realities mm -hmm. um for the, the rest of the nfl so okay uh my this is what the super bowl being over means to the new york giants again kind of grandiose but that's kind of my style this is the most important off season ever lately for the giants it really is like <laughs> ever lately <laughs> but like it like you ha this has kind of like the the commanders like it's it's and i i do respect 
um, I guess the introspection that the John Mara has had, we've, we've talked about this, how we, we buy and believe that he was embarrassed and unlike Jerry Jones, and I am so depressed that I have to compare the two, but Jerry's out here saying like, I would do anything. I'm pissed, blah, blah. And then he did nothing. Like I did absolutely nothing. But John Mara comes out and says, I've never been this embarrassed. Like this is the lowest of the low. We have, we are in the bad place, the dark place. This is the darkest timeline. You know, what does he do when everyone thinks he's going to run it back with Joe Judge? He says, you know what? Enough. Like that That to me, like, I don't know how the Cowboys can watch the Rams, you know, and see see the Rams carry all this dead money from Jared Goff and feel like we can't cut Zeke. It's just impossible. We, we can't do it. We, we can't. We can't move on from Zeke. It's impossible. Look, I mean, how could anybody survive? And I love that the Giants are willing to say, you know what, Joe Judge? We don't want to be the team that fires another head coach after a two-year stretch, but it's not working. We have to get this right. We have to move on right now. Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, our favorite guy we talked about, et cetera. You've got the three first-round picks. You control the draft, like BLG said. And if you, if Brian Dable resuscitates, like that's that's honestly maybe one of the biggest what-ifs in the entire NFL. If Brian Dable resuscitates Daniel Jones's career, that completely changes the landscape of the NFC East. And that completely changes the landscape of the NFC. With Brady retiring, maybe Rodgers is gone, maybe Russ. Well, Russ is, is staying, you know, go go Birds, baby. Go go Birds. Uh, but like that that could be a big old deal if Daniel Jones, or like you're, you are higher on him than most people or less down on him than most people. If Brian Dable gets him a fraction of the way closer to Josh Allen, like this, this is an important off season for them. They have like, we can agree. They have some pieces there for, for Daniel Jones and for Brian Dable to work with. And they haven't had anybody competent there. That's been able to work with them. They finally got some competent people. So things could change a lot for the giants. At the end of the 2022 season, let's say Washington, like they need to win a playoff game almost, or like have a winning record, double digit win. Like that, that's that kind of bar for them. I think we were just talking about with Ron Rivera. Giants don't need to do that. Like realistically, I mean, that would be nice for their sake if they did, but they need to end the 22 season with like, okay, we have at least the start of a foundation here. We have a foundation we can build on. We need to maybe figure out quarterbacks still. We'll see. Like, But we have pieces here. Like, We have something to, to build on moving forward that is positive. Like, That's what they need to do. So how does that happen? Like, You're laying the foundation this offseason. So yes, I agree with that. Like, you're, You have to get some of those pieces in place. Um, there's a lot of different ways they could go in the draft going back to my point they could trade down maybe get a future first round pick next year they could stick at five and seven and get two potentially really blue chip players who are big cornerstones for them moving forward they have some big decisions to make with those um so yeah it, this is this is a really crucial off season for them not in terms of like they need to elevate again into this playoff team already but this is like the this has to be the beginning of something you have to be able to at the end of this year, look and be like, okay, they're on the right track and they're and they're building and they're growing. It can't be another like, well, it's you have to give them time. It can't it can't be that. It can't be another like you just have to give them more time. You have to be patient. No, like you need to see some kind of actual foundation. And that was what we didn't see. Like people would try to say like that's what was the case after Joe Judge's first. No. That was not there at all. Um, it was it was there in a hollow sense because they were like, "Well, we barely lost the division." Yeah, you barely lost it to a team that went seven and nine. Like you know, you, it wasn't real. It was a facade. It was a mirage. Yeah, but who did like you really feel good about? Like on that roster, even like wow, this this player is a stud for years to come. Like n no one really. Um, they need that this year. They need to find some guys who are like, wow, this is this is a player. All right, this is a good thing that we have going for us. This is something we can hang our hat on. That's what, that's always we talk about that. Like we can hang our hat on this thing, um, an identity, a player, a coach, like something. They have to have something 
And uh, again, I think it starts this offseason. My bold NFC East take is that I think the Giants, I don't think they're cutting Saquon because they just picked up his fifth year option last year. Like, I don't think they're in that position, but I, I think the Giants start to move on, even if it's just from like a, a utilization standpoint from Saquon sooner than the Dallas Cowboys start to move on from Zeke. Like, I think the Cowboys are going to continue to force the Zeke thing much longer than the Giants are going to continue to force the Saquon thing. And Zeke's a better player, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's time for both. You know what I'm saying? But they're also the Cowboys are more stuck with Zeke. Like they right. they basically have to keep him this year, whereas the Giants can and should trade Saquon this offseason for like I don't know fourth round pick, fifth round like whatever. I would just whatever you can Who's get. Who's doing from. like nobody's doing that though? That's the problem. Uh, like, I don't know. You have a dumb team out there. Like I don't know. Like Car- not Carolina because they already have Christian McCaffrey. But I don't know. There's probably I mean, the, a dumb enough team out the there. The Houston Texans did trade for David Johnson once right. upon a time. So. so I mean, yeah, it is possible. Um, okay, uh, as we wrap up, BLG, because we have the meeting to get to your thoughts on the Super Bowl halftime show, subject of much consternation around the world. Dr. Dre, Snoop, still got it. That was my takeaway. I was like, still got it. Uh, also, feel old because it was like, wow, all these songs are pretty old, and I know all of them. And uh, I can only imagine what people younger think in terms of like, and my my sense was that like who are these guys from some of gen z which is pretty depressing yeah um you know there was the survivor season millennials versus gen x but this felt like millennials versus gen z you know what Mm. i'm saying like this this felt very much like like this it was almost like the world being like okay millennials you're old now like this was the like official that's not a tiktok star up there on stage (laughs) who is that uh right speaking of survivor new season coming out uh in less than a month so wow. uh we got some stuff going on there maybe we'll try to get uh danny mccray on you know former survivor player you know former cowboy survivor loser just like the cowboys wow wow couldn't wow. get it done in the playoffs Could it, couldn't mm. get it done when you know it was coming down to the end brandon it's meeting time all right uh so with that being said um i will not say that to his face by the way because he'd <laughs> destroy me <laughs> <laughs> he would be our second Survivor contestant to be True. on the show, which would be very cool. Um, so, and at that point, we'd have to like get one that roots for every team because we already had Jervis for the Eagles, and then I don't know who for the Giants. Maybe Tony? No, I can't get him. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, Tony, Tony would scare us. But um, okay, uh, let's leave the final final words belong to you, but they have to be hummed in a tune. Ready, set, go. Mm, listen to the SB Nation NFL show. <laughs> Later, everybody. <laughs>